BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Hi, it's your favorite throwback podcast hosts, Jessica Bennett and Susie Banacarum, here to announce a new season of our show in retrospect, which means a whole new batch of episodes diving into the pop culture moments we love and love to pick apart from the dethroning of the first black Miss America to the legacy of a lesbian joke from four Kaftan loving Golden Girls. Listen to in retrospect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. anniversaries there's lots of them going around we'll talk about them tonight we'll talk with julie kelly about all this indictment nonsense maybe a little history a little spanish civil war all that and so much more coming up tonight on i'm right the lies and the lack of accountability that's what hits me most when i look at our government It's really, really what hits me when I dwell on things like Afghanistan. And no, I'm not letting it go. I'm never going to let it go, what they did. Getting our our, our 13 guys killed. I'm never going to let it go. And then, not just getting them killed, because yes, decisions are made in war. People die. It's awful. Taking no responsibility, no accountability of it. Now, instead of honoring them, speaking about them, They just flat out ignore them and act like they don't exist. Yesterday was the two-year anniversary of Afghanistan's collapse. Joe Biden didn't say a word about it. So I'll say a couple extra words about it, things you may not know. My buddy James Hassan and Jerry Dunleavy, you know they wrote that book, Kabul, about the failed pullout of Afghanistan. And there's all kinds of stuff in there that's rage-inducing, but stuff you should read, stuff you should know. 
Did you know that the commanders knew there was a threat of a suicide bomber days beforehand? Did nothing about it. Did you know that we could have potentially taken out a suicide bomber with a drone strike? And they decided not to because they didn't want the Taliban to get upset. Yes, that's right. Our guys could have been saved, but we didn't want to upset the Taliban. The same Taliban who now regularly mock us on social media, parading around all that equipment you and I paid for. We even pay them to do it. 2.35 billion so far to the Taliban. 2.35 billion. And then there's this report. Now, how do you, you know, everybody says you could have gotten out without any, anybody being hurt. No one's come up with a way to ever indicate to me how that happens. That's what makes me so angry. That's what makes me so angry. And I'm not even saying as president of the United States, he has to get on his knees and beg for forgiveness about what happened. But what happened is wrong. What happened got our people killed. And nobody, no, not Biden, none of the generals, not the defense secretary, nobody has stepped up and said, hey, ugh, could have done that differently. I wish, I wish it had gone differently. In fact, to this day, they still brag about it. And so, no, I'm not going to open up the show with yet another thing about the Trump indictment stuff. You know we'll cover that stuff as it comes along. There are bigger things at play in this country. Bigger things as in we have demons who run this country. Evil people run the United States of America. You know, Joe Biden didn't speak about Afghanistan yesterday, but he did get up and he bragged about the economy and how well everybody's doing. Man, things are going really great here. Just told a whole list of lies, easily verifiable lies. One of them is the main one I just talked about, about how great everybody's doing. Except, you see, this is what I talk about when I say these people, they share the same three characteristics. One, no love of country. Two, no connection to how real people, normal people live. And three, they think they're kings and queens. Let's focus on two, no connection to how normal people live. $709 a month. That's what it's costing you. It's eight grand a year plus, give or take. $709 a month. I did not do TV and radio for most of my life. Most of my life I have lived very normally, very normal jobs, from washing cars to the Marines to construction to the RV sales. If you at any other point in my life added $709 worth of bills to my, to my docket, I think I would have to sell something. I would have to move. I would be in trouble for sure. Normal people, maybe you're going through this, are suffering under this. And instead of proposing things that will change it or even acting like they care, they get up day after day after day and they just lie to your face and tell you how great it was. And speaking of lying to your face, Joe Biden, there is something missing inside of him. You see, I've known many politicians in my life. I haven't really cared for many of them, to be honest with you, but I've known many politicians and watched many politicians the same way you have. And I've known many compulsive liars in my life. Sad to say I have, but I do. Shoot, I used to work with a guy. You know what we all said about him? There's a saying about him. That guy would rather climb a tree to tell a lie than stand on the ground and tell the truth. He would just lie about everything, no matter what it was, no matter what the subject was, lies would just pour out of his mouth that didn't even make any sense. 
And yet even he wouldn't tell the easily verifiable lies like Joe Biden does all the time. And it's just so routine for him. Things that are easy to verify that he's lying, like, like him watching the bridge collapse in Pittsburgh. By the way, the Pittsburgh is a city of bridges, more bridges in Pittsburgh than any other city in America. I watched that bridge collapse. I got there and saw it collapse with over 200 feet off the ground going over a valley. And it collapsed. Thank God school was out. We have the presidential schedules. In fact, in this day and age of social media, there's all kinds of timestamp video and everything else. Joe Biden didn't get there for hours after that bridge collapsed. That's not an opinion. It's not left wing or right wing. It's not my thoughts on the matter. That's a fact. And yet he just, the truth isn't in him. I don't know what it is. And on, on top of everything else, he continues to make people in his own party look stupid when they try to support him. Gwen Moore tried to introduce him and that didn't go well. President Joe Biden, y'all. Well, I'm a little underwhelmed, aren't you all? I think I messed up. Y'all, please vote for me, okay? Oops, old Joe's back there. He's eating his pudding. Which brings us to <clears throat> what I think's next, what I think's coming. I see the Gavin Newsom train coming, and I see it a mile away. Gavin Newsom doing his TV tour, traveling all around America, which is weird as the governor of California. He's got this big debate coming up with DeSantis. He's already bragging about the whole thing. Oh, I saw the LA Times had an article out there saying Dianne Feinstein needs to be booted out of office and then replaced with Dome. They want to put Kamala Harris in her place as senator. Why would they be doing that? Well, clear out a little bit of space for Governor Hair Gel there. I'm telling you right now, the system, they already have managed to indict and they will arrest and, and I believe imprison the leading Republican candidate. But the system doesn't stop there. The system doesn't look at four indictments for Trump and say, phew, we got this, guys. We're good to go. Let it go. That's not how these people think. The system is going to want to make sure telling you they're going to give joe biden the heave ho you watch and they're going to bring in gavin newsom we'll talk to julie kelly about the system and how evil it is and so much more before we get to that let's get to this you have to take steps to protect yourself financially these people are awful they are still spending money they're still printing money they really are going to get us into world war three god forbid i hope i'm wrong about that what so what do you do how do you protect your retirement? What, what do you do? Well, precious metals. There's nothing else. Nothing else lasts like that. I don't need charts and graphs to tell you about precious metals. All I need is a history book. 5,000 years ago, they were killing each other for gold. 5,000 years in the future, they'll be doing the same because it has always had incredible value and always will. Oxford gold will handle everything. They'll get gold and silver coins in your hands. They'll put it in your 401k, IRA, so you don't lose your retirement. Call 833-995-GOLD and let them go to work for you, all right? 833-995-GOLD. 
OB Bern. Remember that court document that leaked? The, the day before the Fulton County announcement was made, a document leaked online on the official court website, and it looked really official. It had all these lists of charges on there before the indictment. And then, of course, it got taken down right away. Well, now we know the Fulton County clerk came out and said it was a mistake. It was a fictitious document, except the document was an exact match for the indictment that came down the next day. Joining me now, help us make sense of this and all the other crap going on, is the great Julie Kelly. She's the author of the book, January 6th. You really need to go subscribe to her Substack. keep up to date on all this crap going on. Julie, I'm really torn right now because I love you. At the same time, I cringe every time you're coming on because I know it's going to be horrible with your information. It's, everything's going to crap and you're going to tell us about it. What's going on right now? I know. I call myself the Debbie Downer of democracy. Like, people have these fun <laughs> segments, and then I come in, and then everyone's, like, slitting their wrists. Like, okay, the republic's over. Um, so let's give, let's give kudos, though, to the Fulton County clerk. She did say fictitious. I mean, that is accurate. Fannie Willis's <laughs> entire 91-page uh, racketeering indictment against Donald Trump and 18 of his associates is completely fictitious. She lists, Jesse, 161 overt acts to bolster her racketeering uh, case. More, about half of them have to do with Georgia. The other half have to do with things that happen in Pennsylvania or Arizona or other swing states. I mean, she listed a text between former Chief of Staff Mark Meadows to Pennsylvania Republican Congressman Scott Perry asking for the phone number of the Pennsylvania Republican Party chairman, uh, his phone number. That, she says, is an act in furtherance of this racketeering conspiracy. So yes, of course it's fictitious, um, but that doesn't mean that Fannie Willis hasn't gotten the indictment she wanted, and of course we'll get the jury that she wants and probably some convictions along the way. Okay, let's, let's dive into that some convictions. Obviously we can all cry, laugh, scream at the ridiculousness of all this and how unjust it is, but that doesn't change the facts on the ground that Fulton County in Georgia is Moscow 1930, that he's in very serious trouble, even though it's ridiculous. What's he looking at here? So what she said at her press briefing that you see there briefly is that she plans to try all 19 defendants together, which is sort of a joke, including one of whom is the former president of the United States, that she wants this trial to uh, commence within the next six months, highly unlikely given all of the accusations in her indictment and so many that are just absurd on their face. So how she's gonna pull off this 19 ring circus, I don't know. She also lists 30 unindicted co-conspirators. Co so she could be bringing additional charges as well. Um, but what I think is interesting about what Fannie Willis did, now she was uh, sworn in in January of 2021 after being elected, and the next month she opened this investigation into Donald Trump. What Fannie Willis just did though, Jesse, which I find a little amusing, is that she just put special counsel Jack Smith in the corner. He's on his heels now, because now his paltry little four count indictment against Donald Trump for January 6th on obstruction of an official proceeding looks pretty boring compared to you know this uh, blow by blow fictitious screenplay account uh, that Fannie Willis just put together. So the question is, what is Jack Smith's next move? 
I always suspected he would bring superseding indictments, add more defendants and possibly seditious conspiracy charge. But now it's hard to see these competing egos Jack Smith is going to let Fannie Willis uh, get the upper hand here. I doubt that he's going to let that happen. It's funny you bring this up, Julie, because I was just talking to somebody about this this morning, and they were saying, well, it's very clear all these people are coordinating. And I said, no, no, it's much worse than that. They're not coordinating. They're competing with each other. They're trying to outcommy each other, and that's our real danger, isn't it? It really is. And, you know, Fannie Willis would not answer the question the other day whether she had been speaking with special counsel Jack Smith. There could be a lot of tension there. There were some reports before this indictment was announced that there was some uh, tension between the special counsel's office and Fannie Willis and her determination to move forward with this, what, 41 count racketeering, perjury, tampering with witnesses, et cetera, indictment that she handed down because it does put Jack Smith in a corner. And look, this is not an endorsement for what anyone is doing. Um, but you have to sit back and at least a little bit take some pleasure in watching these huge egos, these overly powerful political partisan operatives like Jack Smith, a longtime G DOJ fixture, and now Fannie Willis auditioning for, you know, some political promotion in the, in the short term future. Um, and how now what Jack Smith is going to feel pressured to do. What will be interesting is how the media interprets or certainly Judge Chutkin interprets a superseding indictment from Jack Smith. Will the judge, will the media recognize that he's trying to play catch up with Fannie Willis? Um, that this is, this is just out of all the devastation here, uh, just sort of an amusing sideshow as to what's happening with all of these indictments. Julie, what do we know, if anything, about the judge situation in Atlanta? We know Donald Trump is in serious trouble with his Manhattan judge. It's obviously he's pretty much finished with this communist apparatchik in D.C. And Fulton County, I'm sure, is not wonderful. But what's the situation there? I don't know. I think that he's a newly um, appointed judge. Uh, he might have even been elected. I'm not exactly sure. Unfortunately, I haven't had a lot of time to look at him because I'm doing a very detailed uh, deep dive into Tanya Chutkin right now. Uh, but I can assume, oh. considering he's in a uh, heavily Democrat county like Fulton County, uh, he will be no better than uh, than than Judge Chutkin or any of the other judges, with the exception of Judge Aileen Cannon who's handling a classified documents case in Southern Florida. As we've talked, she's got DOJ's number and she has already made moves to make a signal to DOJ that she is not going to tolerate their bad behavior in that case. Julie, we'll get back to Jack Smith in a moment. I just, I, I want your opinion on this because I was going over everything in my head when I woke up this morning and I'm thinking to myself, okay, Donald Trump's currently in the lead in the Republican primary. What's going to happen if he wins the primary and then swing states like Pennsylvania, Michigan, Arizona keep him off the ballot? Because that's not some pie-in-the-sky scenario. That's the likely scenario at this point in time. Am I crazy? No, you're not crazy. And a lot of people, I mean, you might be crazy, but not because of that. But a lot of people do <laughs> ask me if there is a way that they could use these charges especially federal charges to keep him off the ballot which is again goes sort of back to why jack smith will feel pressure not pressure he will want to do it and bring this seditious conspiracy charge because of the provision now this is in the insurrection act but also uh the belief that seditious conspiracy is tantamount to insurrection trying to overthrow the government and that would automatically disqualify donald trump uh, from running for office 
But look, we see there's no rule of law. There's no boundaries. The judges don't keep any of these political actors, uh, prosecutors, governors, state legislatures in, in, in their place. And now you've got what five out of the swing, five out of the six swing states have Democrat um, governors. And I think in some of those majority Democrat state legislatures. So could they try to pull something like that? I mean, yes, of course. Anything goes now in this oh. in this uh, lawless political climate that we have. What a country we have. All right, one more thing about this Jack Smith. I saw yesterday that he was getting his hands all over Trump's Twitter or X or whatever it's called now. Trump's social media, he's got access to everything? Why? Right, everything. Uh, drafts, uh, DMs. Deleted tweets, I believe, are part of this. And Jesse, I have a piece up on my Substack from last week that goes into this sealed hearing, sealed order. And Jesse, this is why DOJ and then Jack Smith conducted the entire classified documents case in Washington, D.C., then moved it to Southern Florida at the last minute because this chief judge, Beryl Howell, is nothing more than a rubber stamp for the Department of Justice. So DOJ forced Twitter, they uh, gave them a subpoena seeking all the data for Donald Trump's uh, uh, Twitter account. Twitter tried to put up a fight. In addition to the subpoena, they wanted a non-disclosure order, which would have prevented Twitter from telling the former president there, who knows what kind of material it could be on there. You can't just go randomly get whatever information you want about a for, former president and his communications. Forever we've had laws protecting that for this very reason. But here is DOJ Jack Smith working hand in hand with Beryl Howell, who not only forced Twitter to produce the data, Beryl Howell imposed a $350,000 fine on Twitter because they blew past the subpoena deadline a few days, even though DOJ, Jack Smith, it's, that office um, finally got the subpoena to Twitter two days before the deadline. This is punishment. It is punitive, not just for Donald Trump. But keep in mind, this happened after Elon Musk took over Twitter. And she basically said, oh, you just bought it for $40 billion. You can afford $350,000 fine. That's the sort of people that we have in Washington, D.C. Good grief. All right. Julie, thank you. I will, we'll talk to you again, Grim Reaper. I'm always here for that. Thanks. <laughs> All right. That's, uh, speaking of corruption, let's dig into the FBI with the Vita Duffy. Before we get into that, let's do this. Let's get into our air. Not something we think about often, is it? But... You do think about the sniffles you get with the allergies, your itchy eyes. You think about that. Well, it's in the air. Eden Pure Thunderstorm cleans your air. I've had taxidermists email me. You know how bad a taxidermist office smells? Taxidermists have emailed me telling me it took all the odor out of the air. These things are amazing. They kill all the viruses and mold in your air. They just clean your air. You can taste it. You leave the room and come back in an hour, you'll be able to taste it. Just this little black box doesn't even hardly make any noise. It goes right in the outlet. They sell three packs of Eden Pure Thunderstorm. $200 off. Go get a three-pack of these things. You'll end up with nine like I have, but go get a three-pack to start out, all right? EdenPureDeals.com. Code JESSE gets you that $200 off. EdenPureDeals.com. We'll be back. You know, 
As an unintelligent person, I'm not really keen on patterns because I don't notice them. I don't have the ability to notice them. But there is something that even someone like me has noticed. Joe Biden, I don't know if you've heard, is in serious trouble. This Hunter Biden stuff is serious. And remember, the Hunter Biden stuff is Joe Biden stuff. They are attached because it was Joe's business, not Hunter's business. And yet, every time some bad news pops up about this, they seem to do something else to Donald Trump, to bump old grandpa poopy pants out of the news and usher in a news cycle for Trump. Maybe it's my imagination. Now let's ask someone smart about it. Joining me now, Evita Duffy Alfonso, writer for The Federalist. Evita, man, it sure seems like, I guess maybe it's just a coincidence. It seems like this happens a lot, though. Oh, it does. And and mo the vast majority of the time you have a, a massive explosive story in the Biden crime family scandal. And then you get a development in, in another Trump indictment or another, you know, Trump investigation. This last one is a little different. This last one was actually the anniversary of um, Joe Biden's disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan. And then suddenly we get a massive, you know, in indictment for, for Trump um, in Georgia. So anything that could potentially make the president look bad is immediately followed up with another uh, Trump indictment or, or investigation. Evita, you wrote a piece for the Federalist that was honestly eye-opening and heartbreaking that Vladimir Putin, famous for locking up his political opponents, didn't lock up his rival for as long as they're trying to send Trump away for it. It's hard for Americans, myself included, to accept what we've become, but this is very clearly what we've become. Oh, and it's it's a ridiculous story, right? Because you have Alexei Navalny, who is the the primary political opponent to Vladimir Putin, being um, getting more prison time on top of prison time um, by by Vladimir Putin's administration, and then you have members of the Biden administration who are either responsible or complicit with the persecution of President Trump, who's Biden's primary political opponent, and they're condemning Vladimir Putin with zero awareness for the irony. One of them is Antony Blinken, who is the one who you know famously uh, interfered in the 2020 election by orchestrating that, that uh, letter from intelligence officials saying that they believed the Hunter Biden laptop, which very much was real, was actually Russian disinformation. This man is condemning Vladimir Putin um, and staying silent on all the Trump indictments. It's absolutely ridiculous. People ask me a lot of times for a book to read because I love history books and things like that. And one of the ones I always recommend to them is The Last Crusade. There are many great books written about the Spanish Civil War. Last Crusade is one of my favorites, but I know this is a subject you're passionate about. And in light of the fact the FBI is currently infiltrating the Catholic Church in America, maybe you should help us help bone us up on the issue a little bit. So the Spanish Civil War is actually something that I learned about um, in high school, but I learned it from the perspective of the communists, which is usually how American history has been twisted around these days. Um, and the, the lucky thing for me is I knew the real history because my family actually um, was persecuted during the Spanish Civil War for being Catholics um, and for being opponents of communism. I had an extended family member who was a priest who was actually murdered. Um, others in my family were imprisoned. Um, 
um, by communist radicals simply because um, they were they were Catholic and they were opposing communist ideology. And I think the same thing is really happening here in the United States. And this is why history is so key to know history, to not allow it to be twisted um, by the left, which is which it is in America. Um, what, what's happening right now is a similar demonization of Catholics. And it's not because they really believe sincerely that Catholics are white supremacists, which is what the FBI was alleging. Um, it's because Catholicism stands in opposition to authoritarianism and really to to this socialist market economy that our government is really spiraling us into. Evita, the church as a whole, Catholic, Christian, whatever it may be, they have failed, in my opinion, in taking a firm enough stand. They've been very well hands off. Well, hey, let's just turn the other cheek. It's been a whole lot of that for virtually my entire 42 years on this planet. The church is going to have to change that because the war has already been declared on them, whether they want to, whether they want to believe that or not. We have a we have a sickness in the church. That's that is a hundred percent correct. And I wrote an article a while ago when when the FBI memo came out, only one bishop stood out against it. Then the American Catholic Conference of Bishops stood out against it and said, hey, this is not okay. You can't be infiltrating our churches and surveilling our parishioners. And the rest of them were remaining silent. Meanwhile, they're preaching um, about about LGBTQ issues, right? There are there are literal uh, priests and bishops who are who are, you know, taking up the torch with that um, and illegal immigration. They're, they're, they're supporting it and actually encouraging it. Our, our bishops have a real problem and their job is is to shepherd their sheep um, and, to, and to defend the faithful. And they have completely abandoned the faithful. And I think it may, may have something to do with the type of Catholics that are being targeted by the FBI. It's specifically traditional Catholics, those who attend Latin mass, um, those who hold more conservative viewpoints. And I think unfortunately many of the bishops don't hold conservative viewpoints and are okay with seeing Catholics that are more conservative and traditional being persecuted. And the problem is that it might be traditional Catholics now, but it'll eventually get downstream to them. And it's everybody's problem, um, not just traditional Catholics. What is the problem with these guys? Are they weak or are they too stupid to realize they're coming for them one day too? I think there. I think I think it's a combination of both, um, and and I also think that there there's some there's some politics in it, right? I mean, being a bishop is theoretically a, a position of influence, and I think that they like rubbing shoulders um, with powerful Democrats. They don't like upsetting people like Nancy Pelosi or Joe Biden, doing the right thing, saying, "Hey, if you are you know supporting child killings, you should not be receiving communion on communion on Sundays." Um, they don't they don't care about that. They don't care about um, really defending the church because I think that perhaps power. Um, and influence has gotten to their heads. And unfortunately, they will they will have to answer to that one day because there was a famous quote that said, you know, the 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 road to hell is led by this is uh, you know littered with the skulls of dead bishops. I'm probably butchering the or I'm with uh with corrupt or or, or sinful bishops. So I, I'm butchering the phrase, but it's it's really their responsibility um, to be defending the faithful and they're not doing it. And I, I think that there is definitely corruption and sin that's at the heart of their inaction. Vita, thank you. Come back soon. Thank you. Speaking of religions, faith, and opposition we're facing from the government, let's talk to Josh Hammer about some things next. Before we get to Josh Hammer, maybe given everything in the news, maybe the old anxiety is spiking for you pretty bad. Well, hear me out. If that's happening, or if you're having trouble sleeping, or maybe you're just like me and starting to get a little older, and the knee starts hurting, the shoulder starts hurting, 
drop the ibuprofen bottle. Go, be, go to cbdistillery.com. I use CBD for those three things. That's what I use it for. Mainly those sleep gummies they have. They're glorious. They're glorious not because of how you sleep. Yes, you'll sleep amazing because of how you wake up. You don't wake up all groggy and feel like you want to die. And that little CBD roll-on for your joints and your muscles, which happens when you're 42, apparently. CBDistillery.com gives 20% off my viewers with the code JESSE. CBDistillery.com, code JESSE, highest quality there is because they actually test it. Go now. We'll be back. came out in an off-year election and literally rejected what Republicans elected officials were trying to do, what special interests were trying to do in the state, which is basically weaken uh, voters' rights, weaken the rights of voters in the state. When you think about how women in Ohio are going to, are, are going to, get, uh, they're going to vote to decide if women in Ohio is going to have the right, the freedom to make a decision on their reproductive right, to make a decision on their health care. So this is, again, a win for our democracy. It is physically painful listening to Corinne Diversity Hire try to get through a sentence, and I'm, I'm not even actually talking about her abuse of the word literally there. I actually more want to focus on what actually did happen in Ohio with my friend Josh Hammer of the Josh Hammer Show. Josh, okay, buddy, obviously I'm hard on the right often. I feel we are way too complacent, way too lazy, way too soft, way too weak, way too often. We had an election in Ohio, an important election. Everyone's supposedly mad about Joe Biden and the Democrats. And then we had an off-year election, and Republicans did what they always do, and they sat at home while Democrats went and voted. Yeah. No, look, Jesse, always great to be with you. I mean, that's exactly what happened. So issue one was voted down by a 57 to 43 margin at the Ohio ballot box last Tuesday. Now, it's important to note that the word abortion, the word life, None of that was mentioned anywhere in the actual text of issue one. The actual issue that was voted on, so kind of backtrack a little, Ohio's voting on a separate ballot box referendum this November. Ohioans are going to go to the polls to decide whether or not they want to legalize abortion in Ohio, California style, put in a right up through the second, third trimester, who knows? I mean, it would really be quite horrific if that passes. But in Ohio, currently, you actually only need a 50 plus one bare majority of voters to support a, a, a referendum to amend the state constitution. So issue one, what, what the voters voted on, would have raised the threshold for amending the constitution from 50 plus one to 60 percent, not even two thirds, just 60. And that is actually what lost. But because of the context of this vote that is to come in November, both sides, the pro-life side and the pro-abortion side, treated issue one as a proxy and you know unfortunately it did lose by a margin of 57 to 43 that doesn't necessarily mean that ohioans are going to vote to legalize abortion california style this november pro-lifers our side can absolutely still win on that now having spoken with a number of friends who are on the ground there in ohio so, so some pro-life you know solid right-wing friends Many of them are feeling kind of gloomy and, and somewhat doomer at this time after this vote. But, you know, it's time to kind of try at least to, to win. I mean, we can win this fight in Ohio if we put our minds to it, if the, if the dollars start flowing in. The pro-life side was outspent three to one on issue one, which is obviously is partially why we lost. Although I, I think another reason why issue one lost 
it's kind of just human psychology. I mean, think about like what the status quo is. I mean, status quo bias is a thing. I mean, in order to vote to change something, you have to first be persuaded that the status quo is wrong. And the status quo in Ohio was 50 plus one to amend. So yeah, tough loss, but we're not out of the game yet. We're gonna have another chance this November. You wrote a piece talking about changing hearts and minds when it comes to abortion. There's no question about that. We have to, as you just alluded to, change the status quo. We have to change what people have normalized, what has sadly been normalized in this country. So how do we begin? Yeah, Jesse, this is a very, uh, uh, this is a big issue for me. I know it's a big issue for you too. I've been passionate about this issue for a very long time. My first year of law school, I I founded the Law Students for Life student group because it had been previously moribund. I have marched for marches of life, marches for life, excuse me, in sub-zero temperatures in in Chicago, for example, where I went to law school. I mean, I've been passionate about this issue for, for a very, very long time. And, you know, overturning Roe versus Wade, the Dobbs decision last year was a, a tremendous, tremendous celebration. But, you know, the point of my column, especially in the aftermath of this loss in Ohio, was basically just trying to remind people, especially my own side, our side, the pro-life side, that it took 49 years. I mean, it took way too long, but it took 49 years for Roe versus Wade to finally be overturned in the Dobbs case. And the notion that we're gonna you know, abolish abortion in America, which is the obvious ultimate culmination of the pro-life movement, that's certainly what I support. The, the idea that we're gonna get there anytime soon it's fanciful. It's obviously not going to happen. This is this, unfortunately, for being sober-minded here, is going to be a very long slog, and a lot of this has to do with what you asked, which is the actual work of convincing people as to the wrongness of abortion. Now, there are some wonderful organizations that are trying to do exactly that. So, for example, I wrote this column partially as a column, of course, but partially also as part of a speech that I gave this past weekend out in Utah for a pro-life uh, state lawmaker summit sponsored by Live Action. That's Lila Rose's group, they do phenomenal work. And one of the things that Live Action does so well, they're very prolific on social media, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, they have these viral videos, just talking about the nature of the unborn child and how that changes across the entire gestational period. And a lot, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence, Jesse, that when you actually when you explain to people what an abortion is, whether it you know whether it involves the actual dismemberment of limbs, the the suction of the human brain, I mean, just loathsome, barbaric, atrocious stuff. Increasingly, of course, at later stages of a pregnancy, when you actually explain this to people, when you explain that a new DNA code, a new genetic code, is actually formed at the fertilization of of, of an egg, that an embryo is therefore inherently worthy of protection under our law. When you, when you actually explain this using science, for instance, then I, I, in my own capacity, I found that some people can be persuaded, but it's gonna be a very, very hard, long slog. We have to start talking about this sort of thing in K through 12 education, by the way. You know, North Dakota, it was either earlier this year or last year, but North Dakota passed a bill where they actually took from that group live action. Live action has this thing called Baby Olivia, and they track Baby Olivia throughout the entire pregnancy. And North Dakota basically adopted that into its curriculum. So students in their public schools in North Dakota learn about baby Olivia and how baby Olivia changes throughout an entire pregnancy. That's what it's going to involve. It's going to involve a lot of difficult conversations, but also just education, frankly. So let's have a talk. Here was Donald Trump talking about abortion. And some of your allies on Capitol Hill say that they want to introduce legislation when it comes to banning abortion. If they send it to your desk, would you sign it? Some people are at six weeks. Some people are at three where did, weeks, two weeks. Where is President weeks. Trump? 
uh, President Trump is going to make a determination what he thinks is great for the country and what's fair for the country. But the fact that I was able to terminate Roe v. Wade after 50 years of trying, they worked for 50 years. I've never seen anything like it. They worked, and I was even, I was so honored to have done it. We are in a very good negotiating position right now only because of what I was able to do. And remember this, again, you talk about radicalism. People that will kill a baby in the ninth month or the eighth month or the seventh month or after the baby is born, they're the radicals, not the pro I just want to give you... Josh, that's a good answer. Kind of, right? That's a good answer. It's, it's, it's an okay answer. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's a great answer. So, you know, some people, Jesse, on our side have this idea that overturning Roe versus Wade was all about just returning him to the states. And, you know, their confusion, I think, in that respect is somewhat justified because our side has not actually always been clear about this. But in many respects, we actually, to an extent, have been clear. I mean, the Republican Party platform going back as far as 1984, I believe, the the Reagan-Bush re-election ticket, has called for the abolition of abortion in America. And the claim, which is the claim that I have come to be a proponent of, at least over the past three, four years or so, is actually that as a matter of constitutional interpretation, if we wanna go there, the 14th Amendment's Equal Protection Clause, which calls for the equal protection of all persons under law, properly construed, that actually should be applied to unborn persons who we now know due to science and XYZ are actual persons. So therefore, whether it's Congress legislating under the 14th Amendment Section 5 or the Supreme Court just getting 14th Amendment constitutional interpretation correctly, in theory, abortion should actually be abolished in America today. So having said all that as context, I, I, I think this idea that the federal government cannot get involved, Congress cannot legislate, the president cannot do anything, I, I think that's very silly. Now, it is simply true as a matter of practical day-to-day -day political reality that for the time being, most of these fights absolutely are you know, transpiring at the state level. That's totally true. And, you know, given that at this current time in the year 2023, the remedy for Alabama is not going to be the same remedy for California. That's just the nature of federalism. But we have to be working up towards the ultimate federalization, the ultimate nationalization of this issue. I think back, Jesse, if I can make a provocative analogy to Abraham Lincoln and the, and the debate over chattel slavery, which in many ways was the predecessor to abortion from my perspective. So, you know, going back then, I mean, slavery was what abortion is today. It is the treatment of human beings as nothing other than disposable property, whether it was the Dred Scott decision in 1857 or Roe versus Wade in 1973. Both of these horrible practices were at one point in American history called a constitutional quote unquote right. And from that perspective, I think back to the Lincoln-Douglas debates of 1858, where time and again, you know, Stephen Douglas would say, oh, popular sovereignty, let the people decide. You know, if this state, if this territory wants to legalize slavery, so be it. It's not your decision to make. And Lincoln came over the top and said, no, it's actually not true that there are some things that we should simply leave to a majoritarian vote, to, to the direct democracy vote. There are some things that scream a solution on a broader level because it implicates fundamental human rights, fundamental inherent human dignity and substantive justice, what is right and what is wrong. So ultimately this cannot be resolved at the state level abortion, even though for the time being it is. So that's why I think what we heard from the foreign president there was an only okay answer because I think he misses that broader point. Josh, I love it, buddy. Keep going. Come back soon. You bet.
All right, don't worry, we're not done. We have to lighten the mood. There's a glorious light in the mood coming your way. You're going to be smiling ear to ear. Trust me on this one. Now, something else that makes us smile ear to ear are our dogs. They do. Uh, you get home, it doesn't matter if you've had a bad day. It doesn't matter if you screwed up that day. You know, we all do that it's from time to time. You come home, and that dog's going to be right there, dying for your attention, loving on you. And they become part of the family, and we want them around forever. But we don't feed them proper nutrition. It's not our fault. We don't know. I never knew that dog food was dead food, that there was no nutrition in it, that they kill everything in it. That's why it's brown. Did you know that? You have to give your dog nutrition in other ways. Rough greens get your dog everything he needs, everything. Digestive enzymes, vitamins, minerals, omega oils. You will see physical differences in your dog. My dog used to have digestive problems after every meal. No more. Doesn't happen. Thank you, Rough Greens. Try a free bag. See a difference in your dog. Go to roughgreens.com slash jesse for a free bag. All you pay for is the shipping. Or you can call them. 833-33-MY-DOG. We'll be back. I can't stand these communist protesters that block the road. There's just something about those videos where they're blocking people in traffic. I remember that one mom had her daughter was trying to get her to the hospital and they wouldn't let her through. It's just, oh, I can't stand communists. So when something terrible happens to these people, I am going to bring it to you because it makes me smile and it makes me laugh. Before I do that, let's do this though. Something else makes me smile. Dogs. Well, my dog specifically. And I hate when I see dogs have been abandoned. Happens all the time. In fact, my oldest son, I picked him up from cross-country practice last night. Side of the road, there was a dog. Don't know whether it was lost or abandoned, but there it was. Trying to figure out what to do. I love Delta Rescue because they are the largest no-kill, care-for-life animal shelter in the world. Take these animals and they bring them in, and it's not just that they don't kill them, they care for them. They can only do this with your support, if that's the kind of thing you like. DeltaRescue.org. Give what you can. It's all tax deductible. DeltaRescue.org. All right? All right. Protester got in the street. My man found a solution. I'll see you tomorrow. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, it's your favorite throwback podcast hosts, Jessica Bennett and Susie Bannacarum, here to announce a new season of our show in retrospect which means a whole new batch of episodes diving into the pop culture moments we love and love to pick apart. From the dethroning of the first black Miss America to the legacy of a lesbian joke from four Kaftan-loving Golden Girls. Listen to In Retrospect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.